when Hermosi launched his first book, you know, the $100 million offers, in my opinion, everyone missed the lesson because they're like, whoa, this book is amazing, $100 million offers. The book is good, but like the lesson was he sold it for 97 cents and blew people's mind yeah. and then got everyone talking. And so he, like, he filled his whole pipeline forever yeah. just because he over-delivered in a way that no one had ever expected before. Yo, 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 hey, Holy Hustle Podcast here with my friend Brandon Hopkins. This is, like, one of my, one of my best marketing bros. And I don't really like marketing bros, but, like, I, I, you know, like the – okay, hold on. I like marketing bros. I don't like bro marketing. Does that make sense, Brennan? Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I was just waiting. I don't know if you wanted me to come in or you're not. You're there, bro. Or you're what, here, so. bro. Here we don't, we're not shy, bro. You're not shy. Bro marketing sucks. Don't be a bro marketer, but have lots of bros. That, <clears throat> that are, are marketers. That are marketers. We're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we are awesome. Come find us and hang out with us because uh, we're we're a lot of fun. Man, I'm super pumped. Uh, we just were hung, hanging out uh, a couple weeks ago here in the great Tri-Cities. It's three small cities that make the Tri-Cities. And um, you had some- I changed some, Alejandro's life. You did change my life. Um, some Tommies. And, um, and you had some of my wife's world-famous enchiladas. Um, amazing you showed me you you introduced me to what is the name of that australian (laughs) i don't know yeah i forgot that i gotta figure that out okay so so brennan we met years ago just always been such a a good good friend a good help we work together quite a bit um with some of my clients and he's been so helpful to my marketing obviously you know, with my agency, I've been then like my personal stuff as I start to market my own um, stuff and just been a great, great friend of mine. And I've learned a lot about growing audiences, connecting with those audiences uh, on a very deep way. And then what you really do, I mean, what, what I kind of met you as um, was, was you're an excellent copywriter, email marketer, and it's really morphed into some really still cool stuff recently helping um, a really kind of famous guy now, Matt Gray, who's doing like two or three or gazillion dollars a month in marketing. Before that, he was doing like pennies and then he met Brennan and now he's like famous and rich because of Brennan. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, so, so man, so ta- let's, let's jump right into, man, how you got into, how you got into marketing and writing and um, non-bro marketing. Yeah, cool. Um, so I got into marketing through a Google search, you know, like many of my generation did back in 2016. I was kind of in like a dead end job. I had two bachelor's degrees and was working in a call center for not many dollars. So I um, always been passionate about travel. I spent some time abroad when I was studying in university. And then, so I wanted to do more of that. And I didn't know how to get paid to travel. So I was like, well, maybe if I can just work from my laptop, I can work from anywhere that then I can travel. So um, literally was a Google search, how to make money online, did about a week's worth of 
pseudo you know download research like downloading a bunch of lead magnets and watching videos and all this stuff i do have like a uh, bachelor's in communications because i thought i was going to be a pastor so i was like eh, it's not really quite the same because my emphasis was public speaking but it looks reputable on like a freelancer profile so let me go with this copywriting thing and within like a few days i had my first gig writing web copy for a concrete company in Ohio. So it's all up. It was like nine days from when I made the Google search to where I had my first gig. Whoa. It was only 60 bucks, but I mean, you know, so, um, and then I, that was just kind of like, it was this experimental phase. I had no clue what I was doing. I still don't really know what I'm doing, but it's seven years later. I think we don't, you know, if, we, if you have that posture of, I don't know at all. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. You know, we're all newbies. I think it, I think it's a different perspective and stance versus someone that's kind of like, yeah, I kind of know it all and been there, done that. And, and so I always appreciate the humility because you are a weapon. You're extremely talented. I did fail to mention, um, you live um, in Australia. When you came over, my daughter and her friends were making these uh, Taylor Swift um, bracelets, which I have um, Ooh, one that says Swifty that. Dad and Best Dad. And yeah. um, and so everyone thought you were actually from there. And I, my daughters are still convinced. You talk about travel and I, you said laptop. Can I, you know, it's that laptop lifestyle, you know, freelancer. I want to create you know, a type of business or income where I can work wherever I want, you know? And so you move to um, Australia where you're, you're at, you're at now to now you were, you went not to plant a church, but you found the church and then ended up being a part of it. Or how did that come about? Yeah. You know, so I, I was just thinking about that. Actually, I don't really necessarily talk about this heaps, but you know, one of the big drivers from wanting to be able to travel and like work for myself was like I wanted to be able to support missionaries like in the field where they were at with like tangible support um I like I said I I lived in South America I lived in um in Spain and I like worked quite closely with some missionaries in both places whilst I was there and it's like I'm like oh this isn't really for me but then I care a lot about the people that are doing that. And so, and then I love travel. So it was kind of like, oh, if I can work for myself, then I can go and be on the ground, like emotional support. I can, I can be pretty much whatever those missionaries need for just them to support them and encourage them in the work that they're doing without being obligated to like an organization or anything. And so that was actually a big part of the motivation at the time. And so when I landed in, when I came to Australia, came across, um, you know, divine serendipity, like connected with one person that then connected with another person. And it's lo and behold, there's like a church plant happening in this small little port town, this beach town, you know, and it's a pretty young community, but most of the plant is like older people because they essentially got gifted at a pre-existing congregation. And just like a lot of needs for people that were younger, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, like I could come and be a committed member, you know, and so decided ultimately to move back here. And then, yeah, that was 2018 when I came and helped really 
um, build up a lot of what was happening in the church, um, helped launch kind of like, I, I led the first like small group pretty much, or the first one that was oriented for like younger adults. And we had about 20 people at one point, you know, coming to that regularly, which was really awesome. And so just gotten to play like a, an instrumental, but yet supportive role in the, the ministry. And I'm still like quite close. I'm going over to my pastor's tonight, you know, for, um, for Halloween. And so you have a great relationship with them, but it's, it's maintained that kind of, because I've never been associated with a missions organization or anything, I've just always been able to play a supportive kind of safe space. But then also I just have a lot of flexibility. So as you know, we mentioned, I just got back from like a five week trip. And so that's awesome. I, I love that type of stuff. So no, I, I think it's awesome. I, I love that I'm able to, um, to help, you know, connect at, at my local church as well. And I was just talking to Cody Williams. He was on a recent podcast too, where he's got one foot in the church and one foot in business and loves the tension of both and always wants mm-hmm. to be connected at some level to the local church. And so um, it mentioned that you made that 60 bucks in nine days. When I made my first dollar on the internet, it was kind of like, man, like I just needed to do that. And now I can do that again. And hopefully it it sounds like it's easy. You make that first dollar and you just do it again and you just do it a lot more. And then you made it. Well, for me, Mm -hmm. it was like several years before I actually kind of tried to kind of make it. When you made that $60, were you like, oh my gosh, this is amazing? Or did you see so many people already doing it and you were like bummed out? It was like, oh, it was only 60 bucks. Like, how did you feel when you made that first 60 bucks in nine days? Nah, I was in awe. Like, I literally, I don't remember if it was that first payment or the subsequent gig that they hired me for a second one. Oh, wow. Afterwards. And... I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just remember this distinctly, this moment being like, God, is this what you're going to use? And for like, is this going to be a part of my life now? Because um, some context, like I grew up thinking I was going to be a pastor. And I was like, gung ho on that until I was about 17. And all of a sudden it was kind of like I was having uh, some time with the Lord and I was really trying to just, man, there's so so many different stories to like give you context. But in that time, it was trying to be really open-handed with the Lord. It's like, you know, a friend had confronted me. It's like, yo, is this really your dream? Or it was like, is this God's dream or is this your dream basically at this point? Because I had only known that my whole life. And that really wrecked me, but it forced me to like come face to face with God and be like, okay, God, like if you don't actually want me to be a pastor, that's fine. Like whatever you want. And I'll never forget that moment It's literally like God, like reached out and he's like, okay, I'll take that back then. And just like pulled this kind of like calling what I would have thought he, he removed that for the pastoral role. And I was like, whoa, okay, now what? And so... I spent most of my life as a kid growing up thinking I was going to be that. So I just, you know, kind of continued in the same direction. I still went to Bible college. Um, I had plans. I started seminary actually. So I have like a, I have like a semester of my master's, you know, I, and that's just because those are still good things. It wasn't, you know, you know, and I was just trusting like, okay, God, you'll direct me. Um, I'm just going to keep moving forward. 
I don't really have clarity, but I do know these things. So I'll keep moving with that and just trust. Um, we see a lot, like, I love when you study, when you look at the, the book of Acts, the apostles just, they, they, they operated like based off of their own desires or interests. Um, it's, it's hard to say, sorry, I was trying to figure out how to say it, but like, it was very intuitive. And the Lord like intervened specifically when he wanted things to happen. I'd say one of the biggest journey of this is totally deviating, but it's so important is like, I spent most of my life thinking I needed to be sanctified out of my personality to be more like Jesus. When it was really like, I need to be sanctified more into my personality because that is this unique way I've been made in God's image. It's not Mm. perfect. There are ways I need to grow, but like, Perhaps the main way that God intended to guide and direct me was through the unique way that he made me, through the interest he gave me, through the passions that he gave me. Obviously, I don't know all these things in my early 20s. (laughs) And so just moving forward. And yeah, I end up making some money online. And I'm like, God, is this it? I still don't know what this means. (laughs) But um, yeah, and that has been a really awesome idea. You know, I started out the first blog, it was like, make six figures, you know, this guy making like a hundred grand, which now mm-hmm. I'm like, why the heck was this guy like selling stuff only a hundred grand? Yeah, it was yeah, at the time, like I was making $24,000 a year in my full-time call center job. Wow. You know, so. hundred grand sounds like a lot when you're making a lot of calls every day. I, I did call centers making 100, 125 calls a day, getting yelled at. And, um, but I, but I learned, I, I, you know, I, I had, I needed the job and um, you, you start to get yelled at less over time. You start yeah. to have different conversations. And one thing I learned, bro, is um, I think it's what I, one thing I love so much about you is how much you err on the side of personal relationship, human to human holistic kind of connection in your marketing. I, I ended up working at a, at a um, I was a loan officer in 2005 and six. And uh, my goal was I want to be, I want to know their dog's name before I mm-hmm. even talk about getting their social security number. Yeah. But these guys are like ham and brute force, you know, let me read this book, brute force. And I'm like, I just want to become their best friend. If they become my best friend, then I'm, I win. And so I knew, I knew so much about them and I just connected on a deeper level and I was like top five every single month, never hit, never cracked one. I was number three at one month, but, um, but it's always, always top five as a result of wanting to connect deeply with people. And I think that mortgage industry really helped me become a better marketer because Hmm. I just wanted to connect deeply. I wanted to use all that God made me, you know, not be a clone of number one and number two at this place, mm-hmm. but all that he actually made me um, to be. And I, I kind of want to chat about that with you here. Like everyone wants to build an audience. Everyone wants to have a personal brand. You work with some massive, you know, creators and personal brands, seven and eight figure marketers, your background, you work for athletic green. They actually still, um, use, I thought I had something athletic green around here. My wife uses it, but they still use like your, when you open the box, mm-hmm. what, do you know what it says still? Do you remember what yeah, it says? Yeah, it says you're going to need a smaller cabinet. <clears throat> yeah. You can use that, that, like just genius. And, uh, I think you were one of their first copywriters or email marketers and, um, you've morphed into, you know, really your sweet spot that I found right now in this season is kind of, you know, working with these personal brands, they call it money Twitter, 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's new that all the cool kids are calling it. And it's these guys that really have, have, have grown these massive, massive follows followings organically, not paid ads, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, and they have these big audiences, but they, they don't know how to monetize. And I think you're kind of inserting yourself like, Hey, you have a big audience. I can actually show you how to, to, to uncover, you know, some of that hidden, um, money in there. So, so thinking of personal brands, just some questions for you, I guess, how did you get into, I guess, connected with Matt Gray? How did you connect, get connected with some of these bigger personal brands? Was that relationship? Did you just cold outreach them? How did you start getting connected with those folks? Yeah, no, I mean, it's been pretty much exclusively relationship oriented. I'm primarily referral. I, I, I promote myself from my own platform, but like, you know, since I left the freelance platform that I was on in 2018 or whatever, everything has come pretty much organically or from myself just pitching myself you know, with the, from my platform, I came to the realization that, you know, let's going to circle back really into our own particularness and our own uniqueness is like marketing is that there are principles that don't change because people are people, but every person is unique and distinct. And so we're so, we're so different yet similar, so complex but also so simple. And there is the, the more that you can recognize those two things, hold them in tension and try and see where the intersection of that lies. Um, that's where you have the ability for just massive, to be frank, it's impact. Like that's really what it is. I am pretty personable. I value relationships a lot like they mean a lot to me personally and so it's very natural for me to want to connect with other people and learn more about them and try and leverage my strengths and abilities to help them succeed and that's paid like dividends for my own career allowing me to level up you know like i got the opportunity with athletic greens because I delivered such quality work for this, for one of my former clients that I got from Upwork, that when she was brought in as the head for head of email marketing for Athletic Greens, and they had some big overhauls they want to do, she's like, I have a request, I want to bring in this guy as a subcontractor to help me because he's like really good. And I just got an out of the blue email from this person I hadn't heard from in like over a year, being like, yo, I'm working for Athletic Greens you know, which is a big deal. Can you come and help revamp some of this stuff? And then subsequently, the intro that I got to Matt Gray was through a guy that I had on my own podcast series, and then gave a free presentation training in his group. You know, and then a year later ish, he's like, Hey, I just have this, I got this referral for email. It's not really my thing. Do you want the, you want to, can I make the intro? You know, he connected me with Matt. And then when I was, you know, I, I basically approached my relationship with Matt as a client the same way that I would with anyone else, which is like really trying to help them win, trying to serve. And that, you know, he really appreciated that obviously, but then saw 
what I could do and is like, yo, I want you for my personal brand. Cause then he brought me in for his, his, his main, his main business first. And then was like, yo, you're doing some really good things. Like, can you help me with this? And so that's how I got transitioned over. He pulled me to his own private, like personal project. And um, yeah, we just have had some explosive growth pretty much um, over the past year, which has been really cool. But look, it's, it comes down to like essentially two things, which is first of all, like you need to be competent. And so there's just never, there's having a great personality will only compensate for a lack of skill up to a certain level. And so want to make the, you know, if you want to really stand out, like actually hone your craft and like get good at what you're doing and figure out how your intrinsic character qualities and personalities can enhance what you're doing. I'm in the more marketing communication things because that is my sweet spot. Like I'm not in tech. I'm not in these other things because like my brain just doesn't work that way. And so, but then the second thing is like actually care more about the other person than yourself. Like I think I, I was thinking about this recently, you know, we often focus more on what, what can I get rather than what am I already getting, you know? And I think entitlement is probably one of the most, oh, it, it's one of the most damaging things um, for, for life, essentially. And, and we want to circle back to like the fall, like Adam and Eve felt entitled to have the same knowledge as God. Mm. Like that's really like, they were like, we're owed this. Yeah. And how do you see that play out in marketing? How do you, how do you see that play it in our little space of selling courses, being a creator, building audiences? How how do you see or how have you seen that play play out from experience? Yeah, well, like I, I I'm not exactly sure what you mean, but this is the thing. Like people just feel owed a lot more than they have, and that goes both ways, you know. Hmm. And so you can leverage that to like build a loyal follow to following by over delivering like that's what hormozy is doing yeah you know and everyone loses their mind but like most people aren't willing to actually give to the degree that he is mm. that's why like because that's what radical it's it's a spirit of generosity yeah that transcends your dollars like it's how you operate in life are you generous if you're generous you will be generous in a lot of ways not just with your money that is an avenue of, of how you will be generous. But like a generous spirit isn't restricted to just one means or, or one like one avenue. It's a disposition. And so I think one of the biggest issues that I see from like a bro marketing perspective is people are just like trying to um, milk their potential customer base like is the maximum they can it's like how little can i give for how much like how much i can i get for how little whereas the flip side of that is like how like you should feel grateful that these people are even paying attention to you like you're not actually owed any of these eyeballs you might have worked hard to get them but that doesn't mean like effort doesn't um equate like you being owed that it just increases the likelihood that you will have that but like um 
you know, and that initial, that's like a, a belief that will shape the whole um, way that a business is structured and operates. Like, do you feel like you're owed these people money or do you feel grateful and privileged that these people choose to give you their money as opposed to anyone else? Yeah, I think that's the posture, the disposition. It, it's a it's a big thing. I think I think I wish more people talked about. It's a heart thing. It's a humility thing. And you can't fake that. I mean, maybe you can for two weeks or two months yeah. or maybe two years, but it, it's a foundational principle. Time. And that's actually, you know, part of the reason, one of the ancillary reasons I've started this podcast, because, man, I just think there's a level of character and integrity and generosity that I think is really lacking um, mm -hmm. in, in this space. And so you mentioned Hormozy. I, I would, you know, Hormozy is great, you know, it, but, but I would say Matt, and some of the other people that you connect with and work with, you 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 kind of working with the, you know celebrities in mm -hmm. their niche. You've mentioned some of the people that you've had the privilege of working with. Um, I, I guess I, a couple of things that people need they need they need an audience and they need a product, right? Like some sort yeah. of offer mm -hmm. to sell that. So I want to I want to talk a little bit about when you got to Matt. When you got connected with Matt for his personal brand stuff, I know you worked on the business side of things. You made these public and I, I know it's kind of weird to talk numbers sometimes but are you at liberty to share what he was doing when you first started talking to him and, and then anything you posted on twitter that where he's at now financially and i always i'm always very careful with asking that but i think it's public knowledge sure um, yeah i mean I, I, it's like yeah i mean from what i have been told you know <laughs> we basically went from around approximately 30k a month to upwards of 200k a month that's crazy. You know, in less than a year. And so crazy. there's, uh, you know, we hit and, and yeah, massive. And so at the very least, yeah, he told me at one point, like, you've helped me 6X my brand. So I, I don't know exactly all the, the, the exact revenue numbers, but yeah, that's what we've been able to do. And um, I think... I'd, 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 before we dive into any of this is like, look, just because we want to have a disposition of like generosity and care and gratitude doesn't mean that we're not allowed to like sell things and sell them well. Come on. Like that's not, those aren't intrinsically opposite to one another. So people good. love to buy stuff. I mean, we just are, we do. This is, is going to be really funny, but like people are just going to buy things regardless. So like. Put together something stuff. that's worth buying. Yeah. You know, if you can, if you're passionate about what you do and you can help people, like at the end of the day for me, it doesn't, you give me $10, like I'm going to spend it on something. Mm. <laughs> it just is, so you know, it's just going to happen. It's going to get some chapstick. So, yeah, something. Yes. It, that's what I'm saying. We just buy like all this stuff. So like, uh, I, I, to me, the the issue is more in the the yeah the ethics behind how it's being sold, why it's being sold. Like those are the mm. things that are bigger issue rather than like selling things. So then it's become a, a, the the question becomes like we got all these eyeballs. How do we monetize them? Mm. Which it's fun because that's like a little challenge for me. Basically, do you do you prefer to help people? on the monetization side or the audience building side? Yeah, well, I mean, my strength 
in is in the the like back end monetization. So I am not look, this is the thing about being very person to person is it's not super scalable. Mm. And so I have they you know the the concept probably people will be familiar with this like thousand true fans. Um that is very much my personal model. Mm. Um but there are two ways to go about that. Essentially, there's the one at a time method, or there is the get a million people and then find a thousand in that million. I love that. And again, that's going to be individual strengths and skill sets. Like that's just, and so for instance, like I partner really well with Matt because he's great at building audiences. He's great at getting the eyeballs. Mm. I'm too, to be frank, like, I hate lists of how to do things. And that's like what people like. And I just, they do. Oh, they love that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I, I can't put that out as content. I, I just, just grates me. And so yeah. I, um, that means that my ability to grow a following is a compounding thing. So like maybe one day, in 15 or 20 years from now, I'll have like theoretically a Tony Robbins level of following, but that would have compounded based off of the one to two to three to six to 10 method. Mm. Whereas there are people that specialize in like just attracting masses amounts of eyeballs. Yeah. But what do, the, what do you think the, the difference? What do you think the difference is though? Someone that, yeah, what's the difference between what Matt's done? And what you do well so this is the big thing is like the caliber of every follower that i get is a lot higher that's good and so what you have to do yeah well this is what i was going to say is like you know matt has a combined audience of like two mil i think now something like that right at it wow but like that's been two mil that he's gotten in less than two years. So a lot of those people aren't actually buyers. So we have to do like most of our efforts are spent trying to, to funnel and trim the fat to find mm. the actual buyers. The cool thing is when you're working with numbers like that, you know, it, you can do some big things fast. Yeah. Whereas conversely, and this is like more of how you and I operate because mm -hmm. we're relationally driven, the average, you know, our following grows a lot slower, but the value of the each individual follower is worth a lot of money. Like I make decent money, even though I haven't gotten many clients over the past few yeah. years, because yeah. I'm just like my retention is really good. And people come back to me, and it's a more sophisticated audience. It's 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 um, it's higher up, you know, higher tiered, if you will. Uh, up market is the word I was looking for. Sure. And so yeah. there there are people that he's probably attracting people that I, I want to be a freelancer. I want to build a personal brand. I want to build it yeah. around this expertise. Or you and I are going. Hey, do you make? a hundred grand a month. Okay. You don't, you might not be the right, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and so, and so I know you have some free trainings and you do some of that stuff once in a while where some people that are newer might be, you know, mm -hmm. I, what I would do if, if I was, if I was watching this right now, I would follow along 
how Brendan communicates to his audience. There's this really cool thing, um, you know, to comic club with, with, uh, with click funnels was, was a really, it's a really big thing and people kind of use it in their ads and everything and, and kind of as a parody, or I don't know if it was a slight or whatever, just for fun, you had this, you know, if you go to his profile, half of everything is like pizza. Brendan loves pizza. I'm really sad we didn't get to eat pizza together. However, you do, you had this two pizza club and I actually mm-hmm. saw, I think, saw one person run that in an ad one time. I thought I saw that. Yeah. And I was asking you one time about it. And I'm I'm not always right. I was like, hey, man, like a lot of your stuff is pizza. Like, why do you kind of, why do you do this? And I was like, man, this is the right thing. And you said something. I don't, I don't really call you. You just talk about you wanted to, it had to do with personality and connection or something. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, why did you create the Two Pizza Club Award? Oh, the two pizza club awards. I mean, that's, that's just a natural extension, I guess, of the the brand development, to be honest. But um, to further leverage, like, look, virality is supposed to be, it's supposed to be honed and utilized a lot more strategically and intentionally than most people do. Um, Mm. For example, when Hermosi launched his first book, you know, the $100 million offers, in my opinion, everyone missed the lesson because they're mm-hmm. like, whoa, this book is amazing, $100 million offers. You know, the, the book is good, but like the lesson was he sold it for 97 cents and blew mm-hmm. people's mind yeah. and then got everyone talking. Yep. And so he... Like he filled his whole pipeline forever yeah. just because he over-delivered in a way that no one had ever expected before. So good. And so how can you manufacture things like that? Essentially, really that, that, it's so cool. Like we, again, we're predictable. We love, mm. we love things. We love identifying with things. We love being contrary we love feeling exclusive, you know, all of those things. That's what the two pizza club award is. It's a little <laughs> bit like, prest- it's like anti-prestige. And so people will get the two pizza club award. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I've been tagged in a video once where someone was in another person's house and like zooming in and they were like the coveted award, you know, just like, and so I, I think that's more of a that, that, that's like a level of relate community building within mm. my that's like the next tier up for like building an actual community that is feels connected and um, committed um, to to what they're a part of. So that's basically what that is. But like the reason I got into pizza or started talking about pizza a lot was just because it was an easy starting point. Like it's innocuous. Mm. Like everyone, you know, I just found out recently pizza is the most photographed food in the world. Oh, wow. Yes, pizza. I, and so like I just observed some people, some high-level entrepreneurs over a couple of weeks, I noticed both of them posted about pizza and there was just a ton of engagement. Mm. And I was like, well, that's easy. I could talk about pizza a lot. And it gives the... It's basically the foot in the door to actually build a relationship. And so Mm. for me, I don't want to, um, how do we say this? Like I want the opportunity to connect with people as a person before I do it as a marketer. I love that. 
Um, and that's the same with my faith too. Like, you know, it's going through some challenging things in my own life. And I was having a meal with a mate one time and he's like, well, I didn't realize like you were so involved with your church. Hmm. You know, and we've been friends for like a year. I was like, oh, I'm actually extremely religious. You know, I'm staying with my pastor right now, you know, like, but I, and I told him, I was like, man, like here, you know, Christianity comes with all of this essentially baggage, which is oftentimes deserved. So I'm not going to try mm. even combat that. And so I was like, I didn't want that to be a barrier to us being able to have a relationship. Mm. And, and then on the contrary, like there are people that, I, I think it was Frank Kern. He said shared core values are is is one of the most persuasive things. And 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 I wouldn't say pizza is a core value, but sure. it's it's yeah. something that people can connect with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if I you know which I should have and I had it in my mind, I should have wrote an email about this. But a week or two ago, maybe three weeks ago, Taylor Swift <clears throat> was on was everywhere. And if yep. I just had a subject line that said Taylor Swift, there was a level of everyone was going to know what was going on. That's pizza. You yeah. know what I mean? So I so, saw so so like we talked about, you know, it was growing your, you know, growing the brand and there's 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 monetizing it, right? You need an audience, mm-hmm. you need a mon- you know, an offer. And so I think, you know, what you were saying, part of what you're saying is, you know, what's like the foot in the door? What's something mm-hmm. that you connect with an audience? And some of it can be kind of fun and cool, but then some of it can be faith. Some of it can be something else. You know, maybe you're conservative, maybe you're liberal. Maybe there's something that connects you with your with your audience. And for me, bro, like that's why I kind of went all in on Christian entrepreneurs is because mm-hmm. I, I, I've been – I've been so like, ah, who do I pick? Like, I, I gotta, pick, you know, and it's been so hard. It's been like three or four years that I wanted to launch this podcast. I didn't always know the name, but it was always like, I, I don't want to, I want to be inclusive. I want everyone. I want to talk to everyone, yeah. but from a marketing standpoint, this is what I teach like marketing. If picking a niche should actually give you some level of angst. It should like yeah. you are alienating an audience and shunning people, unfortunately, not to be rude, but but you're just trying to serve and steward a specific audience most. One, one, one question I had follow up, you're working with a few different, these personal brands, and I know you don't like the list, but what is one thing you notice about them that they all had in common? Like, ah, oh, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. That makes sense. That, that makes sense that they're all doing this one thing. Is there something that you kind of notice from these type of personal brands, these big audiences? Sorry, can you can you ask that a different way? Yeah, so what is – I know you don't like these lists. Like, you know, here's seven yeah, ways yeah, to yeah, build yeah. your personal oh, gotcha, brand. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, talking yeah, – yeah. you know, connecting with a few different ones, you're in these big masterminds. What is something you notice that is similar between or some activity that they do on a consistent basis versus posting 300 clips a day? What what would you say is the thing that kind of very similar with all of them? Well, look, okay. So pretty much everyone that has a large audience has a large audience because their content was extremely consumable and digestible. Mm. So mm. like low bottom of the shelf stuff. And so, and uh, produced at a high volume, frankly. Mm. So mm. at the end of the day, like we're all dopamine chasers. And <laughs> so they're really good job. They do a really good job of like giving the dopamine content. 
And so that's kind of... What's an example of that? Like how, okay, great. How can Alejandro do that? How can I get people to chase dopamine? How can I give them a yeah, payoff well, in my I mean, So that's the thing. That's a great one. It's just like, how can I give them a quick win? Whether, but the problem is like quick win is not... Quick win can be as simple as making them feel better about themselves. That's actually often what it's the true. quick win is. So like, forget about, <laughs> like, forget about delivering value, but like deliver the dopamine. Like I always go back to these types of things really, but like, think about how can you make your content like ice cream? Like ice cream has no nutritional value. It's not good for you. People <laughs> want it good. all the time. That's funny. And man. it makes people so happy. Like, <laughs> It just is. It's That's intrinsically, so it's intrinsically joy bringing. And so, so there are so many ways. It doesn't have to bring ways. value. It doesn't it's have just, to bring intrinsic value. It makes these it make has, people happy. It, yes, that's exactly it. Like make their life better for one moment. Like I call these mini mm. dreams, but it's just mm. all of us are spending our days in a little, and if you're religious, then you can like identify this, but like, we're in a little, we're in angst because like we were made for paradise and we're not in paradise and our mm. bodies weren't built to mm. not be in paradise. Like we have bodies that were made for perfection mm. and we're not living in that perfection. Mm. And so all of creation is like groaning because it's like, oh, I wasn't meant to deal <laughs> with these tragedies or pains or joint mm. angst or like, man. I would like, why do I feel a desire to be liked? All these yep. types of things. Like we just deal with this stuff as a result of the, of the, you know, the consequence of the fall. And so though, like, there are so many ways that you can give someone a moment of that validation. Essentially it's mm. like a level of like that validation. Yeah. Um, and so lists do really great because frankly we feel better about ourselves after we have more knowledge because we often associate so good more knowledge with competency and mm. with the increased likelihood of success or self-validation you know forever uni and like being well educated has been a value so we're like yep. we know it. we read a list for 10 things and now all of a sudden we're like i am now a slightly better person because i know 10 <laughs> things that i didn't know before so true you know well that, that's what i'm saying so like all of these types of things factor in um I, and i think people just overcomplicate. that's where i'm coming back to like we're so simple like yeah what can you give someone that will make them feel a little bit better we have core desires you're human like actually access and tap into your humanity mm. and when you're excited, when you're happy, be like, why? What made me excited mm -hmm. about this? Huh, okay. How could I do, how could I instill this in something to make another person feel that way? Can I trigger this in someone else? So good. And so, you know, you can do a Google search though, like the best types of content. Like people put lists, lots of lists, lists and, of yeah, the those... best types of content. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Uh, a lot of it is frequency is frankly the bigger thing so when you're doing organic stuff it's relentless it is a you know never-ending thing 
they yep. call the algorithm rewards constant posting. That's the, that's the reality. And that so working, you know, that's where you want to like consider paid ads yep. because yep. it's a grind. And like, I like Matt spends a lot of money to have an organic content machine. Yeah. Because I wonder, just the volume required. I would love to see some data and, and it's, it's probably out there. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I remember my friend Justin Brooke talked about this one time. He said, if we care so much about time as entrepreneurs and we want freedom and margin, um, you know, why would we want to post 72 times a day or 72 yeah. times? You know what I mean? Like where you can create a few pillar pieces of content and just, you know, turn on a hose of ads and a flood yep. of content and eyeballs. And I think you need an omni channel, you know, mm -hmm. uh, approach to it. I think that's wise when it comes to marketing, they go hand in hand. But to me, if someone was just getting going, I, I don't, I don't know if, I, I don't think I'm that good of, you could do it. Like you could, I think you could tweet and do threads and go crazy. For me, I'm like, man, just give me a video. Can't just give me my phone. I'm just gonna record something and put five to 10 bucks a day. Yeah, and I'm gonna get in great. front of everybody. And then in 30 days, you know, we're probably going to end up at the same spot. I just think you got to pick your poison, right? And what makes you really pumped to do. Do you love writing? Do you love to engage? Do you love having the one-to-one yeah. -one in DMs? Or are you kind of just like, you know, a little bit more chill and and, and want to just do a video and run ads? Um, mm -hmm. So so let me, let me add on a couple things to that. First yeah. of all, like there is in today's like growing digital economy, having a presence is really important. And like mm -hmm. there is, you know, there are brands and, and we saw this when iOS updated their stuff. And the pixel tracking, like I lost some brands because I was working with e-commerce at the time. And like mm. they were just totally built off of ad spend. Mm. And so there is a danger of like only using ads because you don't want to, um, yeah, you, you, you need to have a presence in like that can stand a little bit apart from right. ad spend behind it. Um, and that means posting content. That means creating um, but, or at least developing really good relationships on a one-to-one -one basis. However, the, the, the thing that you were saying earlier too, you know, like, you know, maybe I could be the one to build a, a passionate following online. I can't actually. And that's because of who my personality is. Like, it's actually unsustainable for me. I just won't do it. And that's like, you got to be, and you know that, and you know, that you want to be good at business and marketing, be radically honest about yourself. So okay. you can be radically honest about who other people are and you can just talk to them in like their actualness. And mm. so for me, you know, we're discussing a paid ad strategy for growing my own brand because I cannot keep up with organic stuff. Like it's just, that's not how I operate. And like, so I good. don't want to put lists together. I, I actually <laughs> kind of despise it. I will it's, make it's, it's cheap. Like, you probably feel it's cheap. I, well, I, yeah, to be frank, like I don't judge them. I just, that's not who I want to, I want to make one list a year. I want to make mm. a list on my birthday where I put together 30 <laughs> lessons for that whole year. Yeah, 33 now coming up. But like, that's just who I am because the, the amount of depth, an effort mm. that I want to put into those types of things. I want every section to be theoretically life-changing. 
Wow. I, yeah. That, but that's just who I am as a person. Yeah. When I write something, I don't want to just, um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to put something out there just because. Yeah. And so, yeah, but it took me a long time to realize that and it stunted my growth to be frank, mm-hmm. because I kept trying to implement these strategies that were just intrinsically incongruent with myself. And like, there's a difference between being stretched and put out a push out of your comfort zone and being put in an environment and, and being forced to operate in a space and environment that is contrary to who you are. So like one of them produces growth. So like when you're exercising and you, it's like, what's the difference between adding an extra 10 pounds and adding a hundred pounds? One of mm. them will contribute to your growth. One of them could kill you. And so <laughs> yeah, that's the distinction, like learning to recognize, is this a growth area or is this like an incongruency area? So good. So good. Now, grow the audience, not doing, you know, and you're going to have the self-awareness for who you are. I mean, I think so many people, especially younger folks, it's like everyone's doing this tweet thread and they're getting hype fury and they're getting all these things. It's like, and yeah. it's just like, you look like a clone of a clone of a clone. Right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, 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 and so, so for those kind of growing the, the audience, or maybe some folks that already have an existing audience, we got an email list of 1500, have a Facebook group of 500,000 people or whatever it is, you know, when you look at like, Hey, I, I need to make something. I need to make money in November. You know, I, I, yeah. you know, I have 30 days and I want to make some income. Where would you, where do you first look? Because I saw a post that you, I don't know if it's 300 grand or 500 grand you found, which is like, I've never found this bro. Like sure, where sure, do sure. I, yeah, yeah, where yeah, do yeah, I yeah, look yeah. in like my freezer or like mattress? Yeah. You found $500,000. Was it $500,000? Yeah. Yeah, you found $500,000 in someone's business, right? And yeah. so maybe you don't have those those that are watching, maybe you don't have 500,000, but maybe you actually have like 25 grand or maybe you have like 7 grand or 17 grand. Where when it comes to monetization, you're looking at these what is the first couple things you look at to go I've audited this and I identify, here's what you need to do in the next 30 days. Like, I'm not saying to give away all your secrets, but where are you looking first and how would you, gun to my head, I need to make 10 grand in the next 30 days. Yeah, yeah. So this is the thing. Look, I I know, I don't know who Hermosi probably ripped this from, but I remember him saying this. And it's (laughs) like, there are basically two ways to make more money. You get more money from, you. like you get more, well, I, I will tweak this. You close more leads. I think mm. you need more leads, but like you close more leads is really part of the thing. Mm. Get more mm. leads, close more, and you make more money from your pre-existing things. Mm. So let's circle back to a call that we and you and I were just on before this yep. with one of your own clients. Um, and one of the first questions that I asked when they said that they have a particular type of customer that churned was i was like Mm. well can we create something specific for them that would keep them longer that's literally it's can be as simple as that and so forget um i i love it because the the process is very like back and forth so Mm. i will if you have any sort of pre-existing audience my first thing is my first question is okay how can we get more from that pre-existing audience which means Mm. potentially a new offer, potentially following up 
with pre-existing people or people that have churned to find out, do they need your services or if there's something else that you can provide for them. Yeah. Um, and there is new offer that, yeah, I, those are essentially the, the two main things mm. that you can do to monetize your pre-existing. So let's say that someone has a, an audience and they have a, an offer. They can, first of all, just promote it. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what level of promotion they're actually doing. Yeah. Um, how can you, you can frame that in a scarcity urgency based thing. You can create a context to where it's exclusive to be mm. frank, like maybe you're already promoting something. All right. Put a twist on it and create mm. a circum create circumstances that make it special or unique or stand out. You do this with your cohort based stuff, like mm. get in one time. Super easy to like theoretically monetize uh, quickly if you have an existing audience by just creating something that's time that's like um, time dependent. So good. So then that's the first thing. The second thing is like, okay, if I have a bunch of people that's never bought for me, I'm probably not offering the right thing. Mm. So what could I offer them? And mm. then it's just like throwing things up. You know, I give. I, I do occasionally will do free and or paid trainings to like, and I just sell them organically on my Facebook profile. And the yep. last one, it was like $97 and like 25 people purchased it. Yeah. You know, could lead and, to more, like, and it could lead to more. Well, that's the thing. I don't have that back end set up, nor did I want to like, that's not who I currently want to be right now. And what, or at least what I was doing at the yeah. time. That would have been a very easy way to upsell a lot of people. Like but some, big, some big ballers up, were on those though. Some big, yeah, some big P2P are paying attention to what you're doing. They, I did. Yeah. I had, I was like really honored and humbled, but you know, want to shift. The second thing is like, okay, if you can't get people to make the big jump, which you can sometimes, the second question then becomes, okay, how can I get them one step closer? Mm. Because if people haven't purchased from you yet, they likely don't know that you can, that they, they don't trust you or they don't know that you have the solution to their problem. Mm. All right, you know, and so what's the switch from like a massive commitment and switch to like crossing a, a brook or a creek. And so when you go and cross like a creek in the woods, you're not thinking, how do I jump the whole thing? You're like, what rock can I jump on next that will so get good. me closer to the other side? You can do that in that, like that is marketing. That is building a business. That's the game. That literally is it. Like what's the stepping stone that you can put in that gets them one that gets them a bit closer, like stop. Some people are all in and they can like make that leap. That awesome. That's so good. Optimize as much as you can for them. And once you've burnt that out, all right, now we got to put in the stepping stone type of things that get all the other massive people that can't clear the whatever 10 foot jump on their own, you know, and that's how you get more people. And so what's the first step? That's what I think of. It's like, instead of, optimizing for like instead of being like how can i get the most amount of people 
to take this big action that I want to achieve. It's like, all right, how can I get them to take an action that will make mm. it more likely that down the road they will take this? The cool thing is when you do that, some of those people will, that will be enough that then they'll jump into whatever your massive thing is. So good. I and think, so, I think, I think uh, Frank Kern, you know, um, he calls it results in advance. You know, if you can get someone like a quick win, some sort of result before they even pay, they're more willing to buy something later. And I think it's, um, I don't know if it's the story brand guy, Donald Miller, that says, you know, conf- you know, confused mind, you know, never buys. And so if you give mm-hmm. them too much, it becomes very overwhelming indecision sets in. I would say this is a massive um, idea here, just getting people to that, that next step, that next yeah. logical step in, you know, the Creek. I, I, I love that analogy. Um, so last couple questions here. Um, before I get into those, I just want to um, find out where can people find you, connect with you? What's the best place? I know you're not doing listicles and posting every day, but just kind of want to, you know, maybe hire you one day, connect with you, follow along your journey. Where can they connect with you, bro? I mean, I'm mostly most active on Facebook, really. So, um, but I'm, I haven't quite started building up my new audience presence because I was focusing on, well, just doing the work, but also getting yeah. clarity. So mm. I'm, yeah, like the type of person for me, I, I want to have a clear idea of what I'm working towards before I start putting a bunch of effort or whatever. I don't want to pivot too much and stuff. So Twitter and like Facebook are pretty much the best bets. And I'm just, okay. yeah. I'll make sure to link that, um, link that stuff up below um but bro i just before we answer ask, ask these questions um ask these questions is just want to say super grateful for you as a friend um you're so freaking encouraging to me i always feel like i can do it like when i'm stressed and ask you hey what'd you do this or what'd you do that like you're always the one guy that will always loop back around and go hey bro you're gonna do this like you totally got this and i think yeah. sometimes we're so focused on our own stuff and, 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 and rightfully so, you know, but, um, that we forget like, Hey, encourage that person, you know, like really, you know, support them. And, and, and you've been, you're always like that. So thank you for being that guy and friend, um, in my life, bro. Okay. So if, you know, maybe 2018 or when, when, when Brennan started getting into marketing for the first time, or you're, you're, you're at a crossroads of like, should I do this? Should I do that? What piece of advice would you give to Brennan several years ago that's getting into marketing to, to, to grow this thing? Yeah, cool. So, you know, some of the biggest regrets that I had was trying to intuit clarity. And mm. so some people actually know what they want. I, I like, hmm, it's just, again, different types of personality. I spent a whole year trying to figure out what I want did by like just researching and studying and I learned way better by doing. I, and so I wish there, there's a level of like you kind of have when, when you're starting out or whatever, you're just trying a bunch of things. Mm. Okay. Figure out like what lands based off of your current goals. So I ended up in email marketing because it would pay the bills well. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, I could offer it. I can make money. It was better than working in a call center. 
you know, type of thing. <laughs> I then stunted my career for like three years because I never went all in because I knew that's not what I wanted to do long term, even though like I got better and better. Whereas like, in retrospect, I wish I would have gone all in on that for a couple of years because I would have been a lot more successful, to be honest, I would have gotten a lot more exposure. And I would have had cash in the bank to be able to like take chances on different things. And so I essentially limited my ability to even take on new opportunities because I had built a an environment that was dependent on me working for doing this X amount of client work every week. And so I think that was a, um, yeah, that, that's something that I wish I would have done was just like go mm. all in for a little while. Mm. Um, in, in something that's like actually, you know, semi-sustainable, I'm not saying like burn right. yourself out in, but like, right. you don't have to have a hundred percent alignment to do it well for a while and just doing that for a while will take you way farther, most likely mm -hmm. than like not doing it will. Mm -hmm. And so the other thing, and this is, you know, quite sombering fitting. I don't know now that we, you know, we just, the passing of a recent friend who was a mentor mm. of mine, you know, he yeah. told me, he's like, clarity will come. And it's mm. so crazy. Now it's like, wow, I have the most amount of clarity that I've ever had mm. in my career. And I, I spent so long being like, mm. focusing on what am I working towards rather than like, what are my values? So just Who make decisions. Yeah. yeah. You know, like the, mm. the, the what can, well, first of all, it can change a lot as we grow and change, have experiences like yeah. our desires change, but like, who do I want to be? How do I want my lifestyle to be? What, what do I care about? You can build based off of those in full faith and create something really awesome. And then as the clarity comes shift in accordance. Yeah. It's so good, man. That's, that's one thing I, I think I would have done as you say that <laughs> I haven't ever interjected after someone would give a person, but I, I'm thinking about this. Our whole interview is making yeah. me think about that going more all in on, on intrinsically who I am mm -hmm. and what makes Alejandro Alejandro. Okay. Last question, man. Yeah. Um, what is your definition of holy hustle? Yeah. Oh, there's so many things that pop up when I think of that, but you know, my gut thing, first of all, is that work isn't bad. Like work was given to Adam and Eve pre-fall. Mm -hmm. Toil is the result of the fall. Work, not the result of the fall. And so there is a level of like work that is, yeah, that's good. We were made to work. Yep. The, the aspect of now living in a broken world means that we toil in a way that we weren't designed to. Um, and so it is the, what, like, what's our, why, what are we trying mm -hmm. to accomplish behind those types of things? And so, um, I think of the, I, I think of the Holy hustle is like all good things take work mm. and I'm in, I'm glorifying God in this because he created this Yeah, and this is good. And so I can be both encouraged in my pursuit and also like 
admonished and like a little kick in the butt that it is good for me to do this. And there is the potential for impact and life change, you know, but that's not the why. Like Mm. God is the why and all those other things are the, the, the side the side effects kind of that come that are beautiful and provide encouragement and joy and delight in life. Come on, man. That's powerful, bro. I, I appreciate that. I always love hearing people's different perspective ultimately on work and yeah. how beautiful it is. And so, man, thank you for that folks that are watching. If you enjoy this, share it with a friend, give it a like, subscribe to the channel, trying to bring you some great interviews here and and do me a favor connect follow along with what brandon's doing he is the man behind a lot of people you're seeing in your feed and i think that's continue going to continue to grow and sometimes we don't just watch what people say but kind of how they're saying and 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 their 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 disposition with the way they're saying things and so just follow along with what he does what he's doing and uh, how he's growing his personal brand over the next few years it'd be very interesting it's gonna be very interesting to me for me to see what he ends up doing so love you so much brandon super grateful for you man and uh thanks for hanging out yeah love you too man thanks so much it's been uh an honor i'm really grateful for the opportunity so thank you